Happy New Year and welcome back to the F24 podcast. I hope you've all had a great festive period and started the decade with a good mindset. And let's hope loads was learnt and we can move on in a much more positive and empathetical way. But look, we're here to talk culture. And so first off for the F24 podcast for the 2020s and in the new studio is Kid Acne. He came and visited whilst on a trip from Sheffield, his hometown. And he popped to London for a meeting or something, I think. I was amped. It was going to be a dope Monday afternoon. I've seen his work since I started painting and was always impressed by his unique style and it was really different to what I was seeing in London and yeah, in magazines also, he's always stood out. We've crossed paths over the years at various shows and jams, etc. And I think he visited the shop, I'm not sure. But yeah, Kid Acne or Edna, as he's been known, has been in this culture for three decades, man. Started fucking early and he's been dropping this unique style he's been like known for for the last 25 years, which is, you know, that's a statement in itself and the work well it's, he's done an incredible amount of work over that time so yeah it was dope having him come around don't really know him well and got to know him quite well it was wicked and as always well it isn't always their full story but it's a great insight into kid acne sheffield culture and creativity story enjoy this is f24 we're kid kid acne yeah thank you for coming no problem thanks wicked, for having me man. Sorry, I couldn't get up to you, as I said. Yeah, no, no worries. I was really optimistic and I really want to visit, and I will visit, because the last time we saw each other, we each other in Brighton. That's at right, a yeah. Pinky show, Ludwig yep. and all them lot. Wicked yep. show. And you were telling me about, which we'll get to, but you were telling me about how you live with your studio and your house and all yeah, that shit. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, definitely got to get up. Yeah, yeah, if you want to come up. I'll visit. Come to the peaks. I will visit. Well, look, as I say, thanks for coming. Um, and I know you've heard the podcast, so you know what I'm going to be about. I'm yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right I've been from the to start. <coughs> I mean, um, yeah, let's start right at the beginning. Okay. Where are you from? Where were you born? I was born in Lilongwe in Malawi. Wow. Um, okay, fucking hell. Um, my brother was born in Zambia, so my dad was a teacher out there for six years. Wow. And then we came back to England when I was a baby, so I don't have any memory of it other than through my dad's photos and Amazing. slides. Amazing. So your brother older than you? Brother's two years older. Cool. So he's sort of got vague memories. But still must be quite hard as well. Yeah. So we had uh, like dual nationality, two birth certificates and everything, but I, was, I took an English passport when I was 18 because yeah. it was just, that made sense. Yeah. Um, and then grew up in East Midlands, small market town, just off the M1. Yeah. Uh, and then I moved to Sheffield to study fine art in 97 okay. and was I've been that, there ever since. And was that like the closest like big city or was it? What no, was... it was just, the course was really good. I actually wanted okay. to go to Brighton. Yeah. So by 97 I'd met She and Rec uh -huh. and I was obsessed with the Brighton of course. craft scene and yeah. their whole style, yeah. um, like TNA and DFM and everything. Yeah. So I, I wanted to go to Brighton. Uh, I didn't get on the course, right. but actually it was only fine art painting and it wouldn't have really suited my sort of sensibilities anyway. But in Sheffield at the time, they had a course that was just fine art in general. So you so, could do painting, uh, film, photography, wicked. printmaking, sculpture, everything. You didn't need to specialise. So much more about the thought process of yeah, fine art. Yeah. I mean, obviously the execution as well, but not just yeah. Yeah, tuned in. Because I, I went to art college in Loughborough before that, studied art and design. Uh -huh. And they were just like, they couldn't. They couldn't decide whether I should be doing like graphic design and illustration or if I should be doing fine art. Right. And so that kind of course gave me three years to figure it out for myself. So I did fine art for three years yeah. and then obviously ended up 
being an illustrator as my profession, yeah. but I'm glad I did it that way because I think if I'd done an illustration course, I probably would have come out with a very similar house style to everyone else doing illustration. But yeah. instead, I brought fine art. Exactly. Sort You've of got to bring practice that mix and to stuff it. to it. Yeah. So it worked out, yeah. So um, <clears throat> back to like just off the M1, like school life and all that in like a small village then, was it? Or not? Well, a small market town. Market like my town, mates yeah. lived in surrounding villages. Mm -hmm. I think the best way to describe it was sort of like Dead Man Shoes, like Shane Meadows wow. kind of vibe. That, yeah. that was the general. So you've got a square, there's a town square. Yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a wreck. Yeah. You, know, you go down the wreck, you sit on top bench or bottom bench. Yeah. People just, you know. It's one of them where it's like you're hanging out with them older kids who've already left school, but they still park the car out the school gates and <laughs> selling the younger kids weed and or resin, weed. Yeah, resin at that yeah. time, listening to like early rave and hardcore and stuff. And it, I don't know, it was weird. It was a weird time because I was one of the youngest and I was hanging out with people I really shouldn't have been hanging out with at that age. You know, they were like older teenagers or even in their early 20s. Were you attracted to more things that were going, more, more, the things that they were up to more than what was like, kind of available. Probably out of boredom, yeah, yeah. being in a small town. Yeah. But there also wasn't that many people to hang out with. So... Probably two groups. By default, you'd end up yeah. with, like, people... You know, like, my brother's two years older than me, so he might have mates a couple of years older than him. Yeah. So I then ended up hanging out with people maybe five years older than me. And so, yeah, we like, went to illegal raves and stuff when I was, like, 13. And, Fucking like, hell. You know, some farmer's land somewhere yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that and, it, and I'd already got into graph by that point as well so how did you get into graph it wasn't part of the the buzz or the hype like the previous generation yeah. that started in the 80s but it was just same story like a friend at school brought in subway art and spray can art and I was like yeah I want it it's amazing how it. that book fucking traveled man yeah yeah so amazing so yeah did my first piece in 91 when yeah. I was 12 wicked yeah and then that was it, I was just into it. But yeah. before that, even at primary school, I was sort of aware of it. And Through the I, TV, I found maybe? A, probably, I'm not entirely sure, but I do, I do remember when I first saw Spray Can Art, Subway Art, like mm. there was a couple of pieces that I'd recognised from something, and it, maybe it was in a magazine or on TV, or yeah. it might have even been like, a postcard at Who was it that said to or me, something like that. I think Fuel said to me, actually, that there was a Subway Art advert in a Sunday magazine. It might well have been that. Yeah. But I was too young to even really yeah, know. But I just recognised the Smurf piece yeah. that happened uh, other yeah, days. Amazing. Just, so I was like, I kind of knew that. And I'd already written a thing at primary school. We had to write an article about vandalism. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I guess they were trying to get you to kind of develop empathy and not yeah. trash stuff when yeah. you were a kid. <laughs> And my thing was all about like, but well, I think it's all right if you paint a thing on a wall and I'd like to, and I drew this picture of a wall that I wanted to paint and it was the wall that went down the side of the alleyway on the way to the park. Okay. And that's the wall, first wall that I painted that ended up being my Hall of Fame. Like you ended up doing later. it? Yeah, yeah. Amazing. But I'd, so, I'd already written about that when I was yeah. like nine or 10 or something, so weird. Was there any painting around the, the, the town? There was nothing. There was, there was remnants of like, there was boot boy graph. Yeah. Yeah. No, the thing I painted, the wall I painted the, on that before it uh, in gloss paint and just said Gaz and Kren. Yes. I've been there since the 80s. <laughs> um, but I was fortunate that um, 
Solo One didn't live that far away. So he was like quite a bit older than me. Yeah. He'd already got adverts in Hip Hop Connection. Mm. And like, again, the same friend from school who showed me Subway out, he's like, that's the same like area code. That that person lives near us. So we like phoned him up and then we'd go over and see him and Amazing. buy T-shirts and stuff. So like through him, that's how I... So this is early 90s like, then? Yeah, like 91, 92. Wow. This is how I learned about... Um, Style Wars and everything, like Free Boyd basically. Yeah. And then he took me to Blueprint Gallery to Sally Oak in Birmingham. So I met Juice126 and Cries and wow. Stormy and all those guys. So I met like really good established so, artists when I was like 13, 14 13, by that 14, time. 13, yeah. yeah. And even that. like by the time it's 15, meeting all like Lumit and you know RCF and all those dudes. So it was like. It really opened my eyes to like what you could do with painting. Yeah. That is like, it's nuts that you got in so early. You're only a year older than me, and uh, you got in so early, and to meet someone like Boyd, who is you know, yeah, it changed like a my life. Fountain of youth, fountain yeah, yeah. of knowledge. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also because he had he was doing the pirate radio station as well. So through him, I'm hearing like Blade, Gunshot, Catch Twenty Two, Sun and Noise. Shazam, everything. So I was hearing like hardcore UK hip hop before I was even hearing a lot of so American stuff. In in you're back in your town and you see Subway Art and then HHC you start picking up yeah, because get, you get into the music every month. Yeah. Yeah, and then you that's when you start noticing Boyd's adverts and yeah. But there was still nothing visible around you until you really meet Boyd. Not really. In Leicester, there was still like halls of fame, but it was more. It felt like the generation before had probably stopped by the late eighties, and maybe yeah. they got into like rave scene or some Which or other stuff. So yeah. you'd still find. I'd go like my dad lived in Leicester, so I'd okay. go and see my dad on the weekends, and then we'd go and find halls of fame, and he used to take photos, so he'd like, take photos of them. But yeah, you'd be like checking the date, like oh that's from eighty nine, so that's two years old, or you know whatever. It's mad, isn't it? Because there was a period, I saw the same with Kilburn Hall of Fame. I, I was stealing on Kilburn High Road, so I was going into the Hall of Fame in like 90 to 93 or whatever before painting but all the pieces were old yeah yeah and um it's because that graph hit the country and it obviously went nationwide but then it kind of just slowed yeah, yeah. out just really like died down and especially with rave music and the authorities and all that type of shit yeah but since it came back mid 90s our generation yeah it hasn't stopped yeah. it hasn't one lull since no but well, i also met cost as well oh wow so he's like a year older than me and he was from a different school, but a friend from my school I used to go tagging with. Uh -huh. I was like, oh, I know someone in my village who does graph. And he hooked it up for me to meet him. And he thought I wanted to meet him for a fight. And he like, <laughs> met me off the school bus. We're like, ready to, ready to go, basically. So and I'm like, and I walk off like long, blonde rave curtains and like totally not. I was like, oh, I just wanted to meet up to yeah. him. So I hung out with him for a bit as well. And then... He's a monster. I mean, he... He single-handedly got the scene going yeah. again because he like then he got back in touch with some of the older writers and got on painting and stuff. But Wicked. by that point, I'd already gone to like art college in Loughborough and I moved to Sheffield, so we you know we lost contact really. Yeah. But um, those early years though, so from twelve to sixteen before you leave. Yeah, that was there were the years I did graph really, yeah. and then by I'd, I'd sort of. So it depends on your definition of graph, but I'd kind of... Well, let's talk about traditional graph. Yeah. So that, that was traditional graph. So you yeah, were yeah. painting letters, you got into painting letters, maybe characters. Yeah, bit, bits and pieces. I mean, again, through 
uh, like the Iconoclast guys and in Birmingham, I was seeing like obviously part two was doing portraits and yeah. Juice was doing abstract. So I was def I was experimenting. Early. There's some. I mean, this piece as I did in '92, '93 was like my my attempt at doing like photorealism. Yeah, that's wicked though, man. Shit, that's amazing because we get you, you you know when you get into graph, you do get caught. You can get caught up with the the rules, the foundation and yeah. the rules. But Iconoclast, that's a brilliant crew to mention. Yeah, yeah. They broke all of them and showed you how to work. Well, Juice was the like, one, because he was curating the events. He yeah. was bringing people from around the country and from around the world, really. And he, I interviewed him years later, but he was telling, you know, through his family, he went to New York early 80s, yeah. before, like, Buffalo Girls was on it's Top a, of the Pops and yeah, all that. Yeah, so yeah. he'd already seen stuff. What it was. And he'd seen abstract whole cars and he seemed like the like when I did my dissertation I'm jumping around a bit when I did my dissertation in fine art it was juice I went to see and he'd already been to like British Library and got every single article on graph wow from all the like art journals throughout the 80s so he saw all the like graffiti on canvas and all the articles about it making its crossover and even then and, and he was just showing me like look here is examples of abstract stuff or like photorealism before any of us would have ever even Fuck. seen it yeah. so I had all that in mind and then also because I was taking acid and I was into like skate graphics and I was in a small village you know it's sort of like I felt a bit stupid trying to emulate New York graph yeah, but I, I did it for a few years yeah 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 but then it got to a point I was like this just doesn't it doesn't really sit right. Yeah. I'm clearly, and my brother used to take the piss out of me because I get hip hop connection every month, and say like, shot one is in it that month. Yeah. So all my characters look like shot one that month. Right. Well, then there's scores in it. So then yeah. it's like, oh, you're just copying whoever's out this month, and that really <laughs> stuck with me. Yeah. So and also because I'd met these older writers in Birmingham, and obviously I've my like artwork. Yeah. I was thinking, shit, I might actually meet some of these people. I'm clearly biting. It you know, like so an epiphany that, of it, basically. It was epiphany on yeah. acid, you know, being like, doing my GCSEs <laughs> thinking, you you really got to have your own yeah. style and your own approach. And so I started mixing other stuff because I was thinking, right, well, before graph, I was already drawing. Uh -huh. I'm already doing artwork. I've already got a style of drawing. Why am I trying to change it to sort of be like yeah. these other dudes that, you know, so... I'd sort of backtracked a little bit, and uh, and then that's where my style kind of. There's also came like, from. It, <clears throat> you know, someone like Cost, he had to perfect those four letters because of what he wanted to do with them. Yeah. And then I suppose we have to decide. You know, when I first started writing, I just wanted to paint pieces. I didn't think I'd paint trains, and so I was doing horrible wild styles too early. Right. But they were all discussing. It was when I decided to paint changes when I changed my style completely. And yeah, went yeah. down to really simple. But you have to choose. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because otherwise, yeah, it just becomes pointless. Yeah, that was. I think I made the choice. Yeah, so like wicked. 15, 16, I was like, and I'd, I'd already started making fanzines. Yeah. So ninety one, ninety two, I was still making. You know, I was making graph fanzines. Taking photos of other people's stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, wow. Interviewing people, and um, and that was again through Boyd because I'd see he had. Criminal Times, uh -huh. so he was inspired by IG Times, yeah. from, like Phase Two, and I was just did what I saw. And my brother was collecting other fanzines like uh, music and anarchist stuff, and that's and 
quite early on, we both wrote to Pete Fowler because he was doing a comic called Slouch. Wicked. So there was all these things mixed up. And, and again, the skate graphics are like insane and death box and all that. Um, and I was just like, I, I kind of wanted to incorporate all those things. Yeah, this is what I am. Rather than just graph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. That, that's... I mean, that kind of, it, it, well, it just shouts, you know, home. It just shouts, let me just do what's natural to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the North compared to the South in terms of like, like productions like that, like having Boyd up there doing all of that stuff and then you putting up zines in the mid 90s and that, I was so much different down here. Right. Like, how come how come up north you just seem to be so productive with with this type of stuff? I honestly like, think it's because you've got less going on, so you need to make the most out of what's available. Right. Whereas like here, I think maybe any major city, you're more spoiled for choice. Yeah. Like even just in your neighbourhood, you've probably got like a ton of people yeah. that are inspirational and influential and you got halls of fame yeah. to go me i was like in a small market town there was nothing the yeah, only so graph that was there was like done by even me or my mates that i got into doing it yeah and we were tagging then that would just get on top like every week there'd be stuff in the newspaper of like <laughs> vandal you yeah. know vandals doing this attack that. again so, so right this and then you'd be meeting people going yeah you do you know who tagged that because that belongs to my dad or that belongs oh, to shit. me so it's just like fucking hell but um just making stuff, they seem to so be. So you just had to make shit yeah. out of, more out of boredom, you know. It just it seemed to like nurture a scene a lot more, but and especially as like we're, we're so spoilt down here, and London's obviously such a massive city. But you go up north, and the connections between the cities and the towns is amazing. Yeah. We don't do that here. Okay. We do that. We might do it across the city. But we don't go over to Essex or down to Sussex yeah, or down yeah. to... Well, you don't need to. You don't got... need to, but it's, it, it's a shame because I, I suppose it, it, just, it stifles creativity without us even realising Can it. do, can do, but um, I think it's down to the individual. And like, if you're yeah. curious, you're like, you, you, yeah. you know, some things out, don't yeah. you? I'm so not you'll, you'll benefit fuck. from that, yeah. but other people might not. But for me, it was like a necessity. It's like, I was into it. Okay, well, I'd already, by some point, decided I wasn't a hundred percent into it, but you know, I was into graph yeah. as well as, you know, like skating and music and other stuff. But if I didn't go to Birmingham and meet those people, if I didn't go to Leicester or yeah. Nottingham or what, then I wasn't going to see any of it. No, you like, may so not me and Cost, we went to like Nottingham early nineties just to take photos of Pops One Hundred pieces, like Brown Subway, and that again, some of those were old, but. Amazing. We went because he was like, oh, I know where there's loads of this stuff. And we could, you know, <laughs> so we just bunked the train and went to Nottingham <laughs> for the day, took, took photos of pieces. Dope. Um, and then you, you might see some photos. I was trading photos with people. Obviously, I was making fanzines, so that connected with people. Yeah. And then, but yeah, by 90, <clears throat> 95, 94, 95, I started writing Edna. Uh -huh. So I was like, oh, I sacked off kind of doing what I was doing before that. And then I started making more like cartoon comic book fanzines and I'd learned to screen print and... So this is just as you're finishing secondary school? Yeah, GCSEs. Yeah, yeah. around that time is yeah. when that changes. Yeah. How Did school go well? Did you do all right? I, I did I did well at school, but I, I was bored. Mm -hmm. I was so bored of it. So then I started doing badly, you know. And I was like, I, I just did the minimum to get by. Yeah. I, I knew I wanted to go to art college. I knew I wanted to get out of there because I say my brother was older than me. Yeah. So I'm finishing my GCSEs. Him and all his mates who became my mates as well were yeah. finishing A-level. So they're all going to uni. Right. I was like, I'm not staying in this town 
any longer. So it's like, I need to get to art college, Amazing. which is like BTEC. So I was in Loughborough, it's like mm -hmm. 40 miles away, but good, good art college. And I needed like four GCSEs to get there. So I just, I just did the bare Did you minimum. move out to do that then? What's that? Did you move out of home to do that? Yeah, yeah, I moved out. Fucking hell, so at 16 yeah. you're out? Yeah. Blimey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Done. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> yeah, well, my dad, so my dad lived in Leicester, so I'd stay with, stay with him for a bit, but that didn't exactly work out. And then I'd come back to my mum's on weekends and yeah. stuff, or stay with friends and stuff. But yeah, I moved out and I was 16. Fucking hell, yeah, man, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Blimey. Done. I'd, yeah. But I just... I had to be want done. To be there anymore. Yeah, it just had to be done, and you knew the way out. Yeah, yeah. You that knew was, what it was going to take. That was my ticket. So yeah, when it got to GCSE exams, I packed all my school books in a box, stuck them in the attic. I was already working like a factory, like night shift, making some money to yeah. make some money. Because my mum <coughs> didn't have any money for us, so it was like if I wanted, you know, by that age I was into records, I was into graph and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's only so much you could sort of yeah. just rack. Exactly. So I was like, okay, so I needed money. So I worked in a factory. And then when it was like exam released, I just worked full time in the factory, took time off when I had an exam, went and did bare minimum, got yeah. what I needed, worked in the factory that summer, went to my first music festivals like Phoenix and Reading. Yeah, it's Amazing. all like, um, sort summer of like those amazing man. stuff. Yeah, so it was like the summer of 95 for that me was, was just like an acid induced, yeah. uh, like, yeah, it was amazing. It was music was great as well. Music was good, yeah, because like my wax was already been kicking off, mm. and I saw the Roots. They were amazing. Um, yeah, it was it was cool. And then I went straight to art college. Sick. So I did two years there in Loughborough. Wicked. And a couple of friends from school were there as well. Brilliant. And then we all wanted to go. We ended up going to Sheffield, so we got a house together in Sheffield and. That's where you went so to uni. Stayed there, yeah. And so whilst you're in Loughborough, the more illustrations with Edna under that name. Yeah, it was just like Edna. Did kind you of... paint on any walls with the Edna stuff? Were you doing I that did, then? I did paint walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was still painting a bit, but I was more interested in learning stuff because when I was doing my GCSEs, GCSE art was just so basic. Yeah, it was like. So basic. Especially when you've got an interest in it. Yeah, so I was lucky that the art teacher there, Mr. Moore, he, and in fact, my art teacher before that at the high school, she, Miss Delsea, she like helped me and encouraged me a lot. But by GCSEs, he was like, you need to be doing more of this. So he'd take me out of other classes, put me in A-level classes. Wow. So I could do life drawing and I could do like uh, black and white photography oh. and developing. He'd just like let me go in the dark room because yeah. he was like, you need to be doing more of this. Yeah. And I was already, because my dad took photos, I was already... Had an eye. Yeah, I was already taking photos with my dad and developing stuff in the dark room on the weekends. Boom. So he's like, you can do this. Mm. You just go in the dark room, do what you want. And I'll, you know, I got like an A plus at the end of the Wicked. year and that. But he was, he was just like, you should be doing A level standard Work. stuff. Yeah. So by the time I actually got to a proper art college, I was really into doing that. And then you learning know? and using, yeah. and you, like, getting all the use you can get out of a college yeah. as well. More than doing graph in a sense. Yeah. But I was making fanzines. And by that time, out of all of Iconoclast, the one I'd really befriended was Chu. Right. And he was Amazing. still in Birmingham. Well, he's Starbridge, Warsaw, Birmingham. So yeah. I go and see him quite a lot. And we, you know, we made a fanzine together and Wicked. stuff. But there wasn't much... Painted. I suppose. Oh, no, in fact, I said that '96. Yeah. He organised Graffiti Bastards, which oh, yeah. was a group exhibition in the Custard Factory. So yeah. I was in that. So as Edna, that was like my first canvas. Sh you know? so I what did like, you do? 
I did like a screen print collage on tissue paper with like, um, I was into like all the Futura stuff that he was doing for my wax. So those sort of like squiggles yeah. and spray paint stuff. But yeah, essentially it was really? like a precursor for what came later with the sort of wheat paste and yeah. street art stuff. But yeah, I'd learned to screen print that summer, Wicked. summer of 95. Lovely. With my dad, we did an evening class together. So I just, yeah, made these like collages. Cuck up, man. Yeah. The, um, and even though it isn't like a, basically what you've done, you found yourself in a culture. Yeah. Making zines, taking photos, being an artist. Uh, and yeah. then obviously with the growth of Iconoclast and people like Chu and that, and the way that the directions that they were going in. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Yeah, like, I mean, I was fortunate. Nurturing. Yeah, I was fortunate. I mean, when I first met Chu, I think he was a bit embarrassed that I was so young because right. he was sort of like, oh, I don't know if I should be really hanging out yeah, with yeah, a teenager. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was fortunate that I had friends that were older than me that were doing something constructive with their lives, whereas the other guys from the town I was from, their age, they were just... Yeah, of course. They were criminals, yeah. basically, yeah. drug dealers. Yeah, if you, you know, don't find something and you're from those... I mean, look, to be honest, it's exactly the same as a state life in, in big yeah, cities. Yeah, it was the same. It was it's a council it's state, it's but the same just in a small town. Exactly. Yeah. That's, it's the same type of stuff, the same mentalities. We're all, we're all like, capable of touching all of that shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, my friend who got me into Subway Art and everything, and I saw him this week, and, like, you know, just listing off the people who are, like, dead in prison, da-da-da-da. Problems like, you, But... Again, going back to the acid thing, I think I saw the the fork in the road. You know, I was like, "This is only going to go one way yeah. if I stay around here. Like, I need to get out of here." And I need Isn't to it nuts, man? Like, creative. the stories we're told and the, the the path we're told to take from a young age and what was expected of us as humans in this planet. And in it, some some people thrive from it, and some people get so fucking scared they do nothing because yeah, we're all yeah. capable of all the shit. Doesn't yeah, matter yeah, where you're yeah. from. But we get, you know, it, you get disabled with fear and you end up staying in these places and then you find drugs and culture and it literally just sprouts you out of that fucking... Yeah, yeah. ..that so-called story yeah. we're meant to follow. Acid especially. <laughs> but Yeah, acid opens you. Although, you know, I'd bad, I end up in hospital on acid when I yeah, was Yeah, I mean, like, the shit will really fuck you young, up as well, it, yeah. It, the, but again, that was the other thing. It's like, right, you've had some good experience, experiences, you've yeah. had some bad ones. You know what's what now. head so you don't become, like, an acid yeah. casualty. But... Yeah. It's like, but it's the same with graph. Like you can good, decide yeah. to go off and fucking smash it for five years and end up going prison yeah. for another five. And, yeah. You know, try and so yeah, similar. I sort of bypassed a lot of graph in some ways because I got more into drawing. And then yeah, when I was in Loughborough, uh, there was this jam. It ended up being sort of rained off, but there's this jam in Milton Keynes in '96 yeah. that Futura was there, Motu, yeah. Delta. Um, you know, really good lineup. Yeah. But because it got rained off, we all just end up sat on this tour bus at night, like swapping black books and that. So oh I've got God. to hang out with Futura when I'm like 16. Like, just chilling. Part, just chilling. Yeah, no yeah. need for anyone to Doing do anything. Doing an outline for me and, it, you know, looking at my work, complimenting my work. Like I say, I did this canvas and I'm trying to emulate his squiggles or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, I like that. I like that. That's all I need. Yeah. That's all I need. Like, I know I'm on the right path. So I would. And Futura is a good example because he's one of my favourite artists, but I've barely seen any graph by him. It yeah. was more canvases and yeah. my wax Artworks. stuff. Art. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we only see a couple of trains. Yeah. The same with Ramazi, you know, yeah. another one, like obsessed with Ramazi. I've never seen any graph by him ever. It's true. You, know. you don't really think of that, do you? You just take it for granted, but then no, you're right. You think about the paintings you've seen, very little. Yeah. In, well, graffiti paintings. So, uh, you know, I. 
Yeah, aside from tagging and all doing all that, you know, so um, up to GCSEs, I sort of move out of it, I suppose. You know. Sorry, one sec. Ags, out of the way. Get on your bed now. Move. Move. So, Loughborough being a, being a great place for you then, and really helping you nurture everything, you and your mates, and then moving to Sheffield, because that's where you ultimately wanted to, well, maybe not Sheffield, as you said, it was Brighton, but... It was the course. It was the course. Yeah, it was getting yeah. there, and you knew you wanted to do uni. Yeah. Well, I knew I didn't want to, it was either that or go back home and work in a factory, which right. I did in the summer. We all did every summer, just yeah. go and work in factories and warehouses. Because, like, where I'm from, it's right by the M1 and M5, so there's, like, big distribution centres there. I so, see. like... Loads of work. Then. Loads of work. Yeah. So you just like you work there all summer, pay off your overdraft or a student Amazing. loan or whatever, and then go back at it. But all, it was at Loughborough as well. The guys I met there were more into. It was more skaters from Leicester, uh-huh. but they're all in like guitar bands and stuff. So I got into like other stuff, you know. So I didn't really hang out with. There was like one friend at that point that was into like graph and hip hop. Yeah. But. Everyone else was sort of into like different Things. music and yeah. other stuff, so that was cool. Yeah. You know that that sort of uh, opened my eyes and ears to other things. So by the time I got to Chef, I'd sort of had that all that foundation work there. That I, I just I knew love what I the, to do. <clears throat> I love the mix. I just love all the different bits and pieces that Kate come in and the experiences you seem to get. Yeah. It sounds. I mean, you know quite similar to Pinky as well. Well, I was writing to him. Yeah. You know, 95, so Pinky, Smell, Gas Face. Wicked. All those dudes, because I'd not, I'd stopped doing the graph fanzine by then. I was uh-huh. doing these comics and stuff. But the word of mouth had spread slowly, so I'd, 95, I might be getting a pack of photos off someone. I'm like, <laughs> I don't really do that anymore. I don't be, I like, I'm, that, I'm not really into that sort of, like, yeah. trad graph. I'm like, oh, well, we're not either. We're into... I was like, oh, cool. So I swap fanzines with Pinky Wicked. and stuff. So, and it's not decrying, you know, no, proper it, graph. It was just, I knew, I, I loved it and appreciated it, but I I knew I wanted to do something else for myself. Yeah. I didn't want to try and, like, um, emulate or add to, like, mediocrity. You know, I, mean, like, of I knew course I wasn't going to be a king. And, where, and so, especially becoming where you're coming from as well. Like, you weren't going to lie to yourself and, what, and, and the level you that, wanted to yeah. go to. Like, if you were going to be someone like Cost, you'd put your hands up and say, I'm going to be like Cost. I'm going to yeah. go out there and smash these trains. But he was but closer to the city than me. Exactly. I think. Yes. So, and it's, then he, he actually met with other writers. Yeah, he so. would have grown up seeing it all a lot more, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's the same as growing up in a city. We'll, we'll stay traditional for so much longer because we're drenched in it. Yeah. It's really hard to see anything else. So before. the guys I was hanging out with, they're all just, yeah, they're in, I say, guitar bands, like playing Black Sabbath covers and shit like that. So we then we'd sort of make music together on the four track and... Um in my mate's shed, but it wasn't it wasn't really hip hop. They they might be into NWA because of the swearing. Yeah. But that was about it. Or the they energy, might like yeah. BDP because they recognise an A C D sample or something. But that, that was about it. You yeah. know, they're they're into like other stuff. So they they ended up being my friends. So well, I didn't really have any rappers or yeah. craft writers to knock about with until sort of Sheffield and then at that point, then I did sort of start painting graph a bit more. So when you moved to Sheffield, did you know people there already then by that point? No. no. So I found a Hall of Fame and I started painting in it. Wicked. But my stuff got lined out for like first year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> but also by that time, so, so I made the connection in Brighton with Rec. Yeah. And 
so the fanzine I was making like early nineties, she one used to help help with that. Wicked. So he like he'd hook me up with like interviews and photos and Brilliant. outlines and stuff. So I was sort of already in contact with she. Then I met Rec because of the exhibition in Birmingham, Graffiti Bastards. Yeah. I got asked to do flyers for a nightclub in Birmingham when I was seventeen. So I used to go to Birmingham to go to that, and it was like Psychonauts and all these people wow. DJing. And then Rec was one of the people DJing on that Foster's Ice tour. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. So I met him and kept his number. So when I got, I knew my interview was coming up in Brighton, I called him and I was like, can I, can I come and stay at yours kind of thing? Wicked. So then I met all the TFU and everything. At, so I sort of had two interviews. I like, had the interview at uni, uni yeah. I didn't get in. Yeah. And then I had the whole crew looking at my work going, this is fucking amazing. Like, you know, so, and then I started recording music with Rec. So I was in Sheffield, but I was going back and forth to Brighton every month to record music. And that then as well, the mid to late nineties in Brighton was popping. Oh my God, it was amazing. I look, I just- I first visited in 97 and I was fucking blown yes, away. Yes, that's when I went 97. It was blown so away. good. Elk was there, Petro was there, Carl. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously She, Wreck, Euro. Yeah. The music scene. Yeah, yeah. Like- I mean, the, the people who- Nima, obviously. Yeah, yeah. The people who ran Rex House at that time, it was just like, they were like the kings of graph. Yeah. Like, and I was got to meet them and yeah. hang out with them, and it was like, yeah, it was so good. So I was, that's when I was shooting all the Super 8 footage and stuff, because I wanted to do a documentary about Wreck and everything. But I never made it, but we Doesn't were doing matter. an album instead. Yeah. But I was just so into that stuff. I was happy being in Sheffield because that was the course I wanted to do. Yeah. But then I got the thing out of Brighton I wanted as well, which was like... Where did you start making music? Well, I was already making it in Lutterworth, right. the hometown I was from, with my mates from school. Uh-huh. Um, so, just playing instruments and... Yeah, just random shit. Like, the first record I made is, like, sample my mate playing drums in his, you know, shed on a dictaphone. Uh-huh. Went to... We recorded it at Southfields College, which is the same... Do you remember Yes and D Crime? They were, like, Formation Records. So that, that was, like... They were on... I think they are on, like... The Word or Access All Areas okay, or one yeah, of them shows, but yeah, they were yeah. like sort of Brickcore group, yeah. but record, ended up recording a record in the same studio they oh, used. Nice. I put a record out uh, when I was 18 under wow. the name Mongrels, screen printed all the covers myself and everything. Um, so I was already making music. What type of music was it? It was just like lo-fi experimental hip-hop, I guess. Um, so you're sampling bits of your own recordings yeah, and stuff? And- yeah. yeah, and then my friends who are actual musicians are helping me put it together. Wicked. Um, and then I was, you know, by that time I was already into like Captain Beefheart and, um, <laughs> you know, just different stuff. Trip Hop was, had happened, yeah. you know, all that thing. So it was a bit in that kind of vein. And then off the back of that seven, because my brother was at uni in London, he put me in like rough trade and shop. So we put, made a few records together. They made like these punk records. I did the artwork for that. Dope. We made this like more experimental, I don't know, like proto beta band type thing. And uh-huh. then this like left field hip hop stuff. But one of the A&Rs at XL yeah. was around the corner from the, you know, rough trade Labrook Grove. He'd like got them all. Got into it. And he offered us a deal, you know, like, by like didn't take it because it was like too stupid to take it. But like, at A&R's coming up to Sheffield, like, yeah, I want to sign you. This is like, cool. so <laughs> so that was happening. But then I'd I'd start recording with Wreck, and Damien at Skint was like, well, yeah. we could put it out on Skint. And so there's all these offers on the table of like a record deal. Tom had 
started Lex, which was an offshoot of Warp yeah. here in Sheffield. So I'd like three or four people kind wow. of saying, yeah, we could do this thing. But it also became super overwhelming instantly because it went from like recording music in my mate's shed or in our flat for yeah. the fun of it to then A&R's like yeah. label interest. And that I think we sort of, we kind of all got a bit paralyzed. Well, I was just thinking we didn't know as well. To, we didn't know. We're trying to second guess what we were yeah. meant to make for these people. You're also super busy. Yeah. Like, but I know, I know. But you just you're at uni. You've been an artist. Yeah, you, yeah. You've been putting zines together. You're doing this, that, and all, and you're just making music for fun. Yeah, for <clears> fun. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, this shit just blows, and you're like, oh. And they all they all like different aspects of it. Right. So we would have had to have tailored it into like three different directions yeah. ultimately. So. Yeah. So a lot of work. That's why we didn't do any. Yeah. We're just like, let's just put it out ourselves. So we put the records out ourselves, Wicked. and that was it. So, but yeah, it's making records from. I think the first one my brother did to '96. First one I did was '97, and then the album with Wreck ended up coming out in 2001. Yeah. Just as I finished uni. What one was that? Rap traffic. Yeah, I think I've got that. So it's like, I mean, it's pretty, pretty experimental. Yeah, it is. I, did, I mean, I was learning how to. I mean, I was still learning how to rap, but I was really learning how to rap, like, wreck out to, like, count me in. I didn't know what the one was. I didn't know I didn't <laughs> know how to rhyme in, like, couplets or, you know. Yeah. Go, yeah, you went off beat a bit in the middle. It's like, oh, did it? He's like, it's all right. You got it back by the end of the verse. And he's like, I've heard worse. You know, <laughs> it was that kind of mentality. But yeah. we, w we were listening more to, like... Um, the celluloid series like okay. um Fab Five Freddy and yeah. Like, yeah the Ram Z and Ghetto Vets and all yeah. so we were kind of into the, and the, the weird escapades sounds. of Futura two thousand. It's yeah. like, well, you know, we're sort of graph writers trying to make music. We don't it's not gonna be as polished as say like Jest or some no, of my exactly. con contemporaries. Yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I, Who I were going at hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, but, you know. Like ten times more accomplished. It was, you were making yeah. different stuff, man. <laughs> Definitely, it was different. So, it was, yeah. Was, was this being made in Rex House? Yeah, Amazing. by that time. And then, and then at one point we had the same eight track reel to reel in Sheffield. So oh, I could okay. record some of it in the flat in Sheffield. Yeah. Bring the tapes down to Rex, mix it together. You know, like. Yeah. So we, that all worked really well. We did two albums together. But then that sort of just ran its course, yeah. really. And the people who were around his house changed. You know, yeah. a lot of those guys weren't around anymore. And there well, was by the end crowd. of the 90s and the 2000s, Brighton changed a lot. It was Different more the slip jam B up. kind of younger, yeah. younger guys. Yeah, I turned up in 03. I moved down there. No, I moved down there in 2000. And I opened them. I was selling paint from my flat in 01. Okay. And then you could see... From what I'd seen, and because I came down a few times in the late nineties, because a mate of mine had gone to uni there, but um, yeah, you, you, there was a big change, and I, I was I was upset really because Elk and Petro not being there anymore. Worked my, I only had a little overlap. Yeah, with them, yeah. And they Carl, were like my kings yeah. and Carl, and I was just like, oh guys, yeah, where yeah. you going? I, well, I remember going. seeing your stuff at Davador Road. Would oh have God, been like don't. Thousand Rose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. know when that was, early 2000s. That must have been, yeah, 2000 or 2001. I only, yeah, I think we only painted that maybe two or three times before oh, it okay. went. Oh, well, I saw him. Yeah, yeah, very early. That's nice to hear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved that city, man. I, it was such a great place and it obviously nurtured me. I, I wasn't going to do what I did there in London. It wasn't possible. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, I know, I love that place. And Rec was such a massive inspirational character. 
you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I really looked up to him, you know, that time. Yeah. But and it needs to be done, yeah. He's, he's got to be looked up. The people he taught and showed and inspired has... Yeah, yeah. He done loads for that city. And yeah. obviously further, with you being up north. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, at uni at Sheffield, and how about the scene popping off there and the stuff you did there? Like, the, um, the first... I know you're there, but... Like, yeah, well, I started, so I started painting there because every time I go to Brighton, it was more to do music. So I painted there a couple of times, uh -huh. but, I mean, that's the only thing I do kind of kick myself a bit because I was in Brighton, like, you know, 97, 98, 99. It was a really good era. Yeah. And I'd go to the Halls of Fame and I'd look at the stuff, but I didn't really paint there and yeah that is is a bit of a shame in some ways yeah. but um you did i also did thought well that's their scene and that's their yeah. writers i should really be painting this stuff in sheffield Brilliant. more than like trying to swing off their coattails yeah. kind of thing or even like, spending my weekends in brighton and just painting there and never painting at home exactly and yeah. by that time i lived across the street from the like ball court in sheffield oh, so brilliant. i was like just in there all the time painting wicked and then obviously through that you meet people yeah. so then i met people and then my stuff stopped getting gone over and then i could paint with people that and were, like, is this is this the illustration style like the, the still, start of the characters still graph, and but i'm painting like kid acne pieces Royal 64 I was writing, oh, yeah. Edna. Um, with the developed style, or the style you were developing. Yeah, yeah, with this like, yeah. yeah, it's sort of my version of Graf anyway. Yeah, yeah, um, it's unique. But the characters would be the kind of like the way the wild things are inspired, you know, kids in the animal costumes and yeah. that. But then I, I said I'd already been doing like flyers for nightclubs, yeah. gig posters, record sleeves, t-shirt designs. So all these things are like mixed into it. And all that stuff is predominantly done by hand, not on computers or anything. Yeah, it's all, I Wicked. still draw by hand now. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah, I don't use Illustrator or Amazing. tablet or anything, yeah. Wicked. So that, that was all happening. And then by, yeah, like second year at uni, there was a nightclub called NY Sushi. And NYC, Designers Republic used to do all the artwork for that, but that was that was the place everyone went. Okay. And I guess it's smart, but like the the club promoters would go around the art college obviously to promote the night, yeah. but see if there was anyone, you know, any art students that were doing stuff that they might be into. So they come in my studio at art college and they're like, Oh, do you want to come and paint in the club on the Brilliant. weekend? So I paint like live canvases in the club in my second year and I was like well, this is cool because I haven't got to go back and work in the factory anymore. Yeah, I can make a bit of money. And then yeah. there was other people who were like, oh, you should go to like Warp Records. Like, what's Warp Records? <laughs> like, half the people at uni were either into rock climbing or Warp, okay. like Aphex, Twin Square, Pusher, all that stuff. I was like, I don't know what that is. Mm. Like, you should go up there. So I took my portfolio to like Warp Records. Uh, they're like, yeah, leave it with us. Um, a month later, I got commissioned to paint an album sleeve for Plaid. And got like eight hundred quid. Yeah, killer. So that was like, wow, that's what I'd earned for a whole summer working in this factory. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was happening. You know what I mean? It was already that's sort of happening. Good. And then by the time I graduated, it, I'd sort of NY. Oh, and then I got to do the flyers for NY Sushi because Designers Republic either quit or fell out with the promoters. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to do the flyers? <laughs> and like, I didn't realise. See, how Designers Republic in that era were like you know, world-famous yeah. graphic designers, and then there's me, like, art student, taking <laughs> coming the in behind them. Yeah. yeah, coming behind them. So that got national press and, like, wow. the face and 
a lot of those like style mags and music mags and stuff and I was doing the Zebraface comic book and everything yeah, that was it. so it just yeah I, I kind of got a lot of traction and attention straight out of uni I mean I signed on the dole like you you have to you have to but um quite early on you know I got big commissions for like Levi's and Volkswagen and all these so things. you so, like you literally you just you kind of molded your your self-employment life whilst at uni yeah like fine-tuning it without yeah, even yeah. realizing yeah because a lot of those older graph writers I talked about iconoclast and that they'd moved into music as well yeah so it's like part two was recording on jazz fudge yeah. so I would have met those guys uh I would have gone down to London I was friends with Nihal. Do you know? Remember yeah, him? He's I know the from name. Um, Collapse Lung. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used yeah. to write for um, Hip Hop Connection. But I knew him, and then he was like, "Oh, you should meet the guys at Scratch." So I met Rob and Matt at Scratch at Scala, yeah. and they, you know, oh, you should meet this guy. Da, da, da. So I'd just be sent around London, being introduced to people, people, showing my work, and then, you know, getting commissioned to do stuff here and there, and. So yeah, I could kind of make a living. Off I it suppose. Uh, and then, it, was it cheap living up there as well? That's what kept me there. Yeah. So like, so my brother's in London. Lots of my friends are in London. A lot of friends from Sheffield have migrated to London. But by that time, I was like, yeah, but I can have a, a bigger flat or studio. And pay for some trains. And uh, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to justify moving to London yeah. to like give that up well, well at I, one point i was probably spending more traveling back and forth than yeah. i would have been spending london rent but yeah i mean i, I hear that, that but I, I think I, I felt exactly the same with brighton you know brighton nurtured my self-employment and like it helped me do what i did but i stayed there because it was just like what's the point in going back now i did go back in the end but what was the point in going back this is i can't afford london in the yeah, same yeah. way i can survive i can sell fucking a few cans of paint in a day and Couple of t-shirts. We could have a one-bedroom flat. Yeah, exactly. Which I had, like which was doing fine. everything in it. But yeah. like in Chef, at that point, my mate from back home, who lived with my brother, left London, moved to Sheffield. We had a spare room that the landlord didn't charge us any more money for. <laughs> it was like fifty quid a week rent. We just set up a studio in the yeah. spare room, yeah. and then like all my mates would come up on the weekends and record music. And we, so like early two thousands between us, we like probably record like five albums worth of stuff Amazing. from like. My stuff, his stuff was like, like experimental sort of like yeah. folk stuff, like black metal, like everything. And then like other bands would come and record at our place as well. So I was like, well, I'm not giving this up just no. to like be, you know, In two them. hours down the road. Yeah, exactly. What I mean? so, yeah. so what did you finish with at the uni? 2-1. 2-1? Yeah. Good. Probably the first person who's asked me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's not really relevant. No one cares. No, That's no. The, that was a... Well, I mean, a bit like school, I got bored of it by the time I'd finished. Yeah. I was I was really over the whole fine art thing. It was just, at that time, there was definitely a house style of, like, very conceptual work. Uh -huh. I had some tutors that were, like, encouraging, but I, I felt I'd already had my kind of... I'd had my good art teachers at school, and by the time I got to uni, I... There wasn't really ones I yeah. was resonating with. Like, the couple was encouraging, uh -huh. but um, there was one in particular that was like pretty challenging. Just like, yeah, this this stuff died with like Keith Haring and Basquiat. Like, you, oh, you right. know, what are you doing? Cheers, kind mate. Of Thank thing. you. You know, yeah. you, you're like flogging a dead horse here. And then <laughs> I'd be telling them about Futura and yeah. Banksy and all this stuff. Yeah. And then, of course, like, 
just after I graduated, then my stuff starts getting published in all the street art books. Yeah. And then bit by bit, I get invited back to uni to give a talk <laughs> on my work because they're like, yeah, all the students are really into this stuff. So, yeah, I went back. Um, bit of a rub in his face. Did a talk. Well, they, there's the same people weren't there, but like yeah. I did a talk in 2008 for like graphic design students and then ended up painting a wall above the foyer. Amazing. Um, before the building got knocked down and then I ended up teaching there actually for Did like you? yeah, number of years. Wow. Um, teaching printmaking and working on graphics and stuff. Oh, amazing. And now I've still got a good relationship with them now. Mm. So yeah, they helped sponsor my last exhibition and I'm doing some projects with them next month and stuff. So it kind of came around full yeah, cycle, full which is yeah. good. And I, I kept in touch with the print technicians because uh -huh. I was when I went there it was like someone was like yeah don't don't worry about what the tutors are telling you just like befriend the technicians they're yeah. going to help you make the True. stuff you want to make yeah they've got practical skills yeah they're not going to critique your they're not you there know, for style that. of drawing they, but they will how, help you what, make that yeah. thing what do you want to do oh, I know how to do that yeah, I know how to exactly. get there so like you know I had that sort of um of information so I was like cool just like made yeah. loads of stuff with the technicians so when you finished with your 2-1 I mean you must have been chuffed and like although no one's asked you the question you're kind of like wicked I did it yeah got it done that yeah. was cool brilliant but yeah I was by that time you were I'm earning already and doing, working yeah. doing stuff yeah and so like you just knew then I can just I'm gonna go on this full steam then I don't have to study anymore yeah basically although yeah, because... Oh, yeah, and Scrawl happened as well. Oh, yeah, That scroll. was the other thing. Yeah. So this is all pre-street art. Yeah, Scrawl Collective was, like, was early. Yeah, so I got invited into being part of Scrawl as well. But I turned that down as well. Was same that Rick? Rick Blackshaw, That's yeah. right, yeah. But same with the record deals. I was just like, fuck it. Everyone was like, yeah, yeah, do this, do that. I was just like, I, need, I just need to figure out how I want to do it. Yeah. And I felt like I didn't really want to be part of... Same with being in a crew. I was like, I just didn't really want to be part of some group if I didn't know what their core values were or the sensibility. So it takes me a long time to kind of build uh, up some trust or to work with people. So, And you're maybe even thinking about that even before really knowing that you're looking for some core principles yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But you it's, just know it didn't feel right. Didn't feel right. And so on one hand, there's a lot of opportunities... You can look back and think, oh, I could have done that, could have done that. But same time, you know, really, it probably would have just meant I would have done that group show in that country instead, worked for that brand instead of that brand. Yeah. I don't think it would have really made a massive no. difference, but I was just glad to be on my own and do my own thing yeah. more than be caught up in a kind of group style. And you just kept on experimenting then. Yeah, yeah. Playing with stuff. But that, that was cool because Scrawl obviously put you alongside all these other artists that were doing similar sort of yeah. stuff some from graph some from illustration or design and um yeah it, there was a few things that just sort of like opened doors or one thing led to another you know it's I mean? a mad time man because it so you know if i'm thinking now the early 2000s i opened my shop my gallery in 03 yeah <laughs> and you know the people i started meeting around then like matt seal yeah. For instance, like, you know, quite similar to you, you know, found the book, saw some stuff, did some letters. Yeah. And then realised who he was and what he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at him now. Fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah. 
And yeah, I mean, he's a good, he's a good role model. Yeah, he's, it's amazing so, for that because, yeah. uh, and I think there was a lot of it going on. And you're right, I can imagine what it was like being one of these artists with this new and fresh style, and mm. then everyone wanted to sign you and put you on and do this at the third. It must have been quite hard, but it was a very inspirational time because a lot of boundaries were being broken. Yeah, it was, yeah. And like Will Barris and Jago exactly, and all yeah, those Will guys. Barris, so, definitely. Yeah, and I had friends. So, get, you know, while I was in Sheffield at uni, those three years, I had friends at uni in other places around the country. Yeah. So I have mates in Bristol, so I'd go down and see them. So Lovely. then I'd hang out with those dudes and then yeah. I met like Mudwig and Paris and Amazing. Eco and all those guys. Amazing. And even before that, like um, Parlour Talk and yep. Undivided Attention, you know, so then there was other people making weird hip hop as well. So it, you felt like a kinship yeah. to people, even though I was like, maybe felt like the only person doing it you know where I was, I was from. There was, was other people doing it around it the country. It was very British, all of it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was very British. Not in a nationalistic way, but it was yeah, British, yeah. you know, it was British culture, which is obviously spawned from those books and the a, sound. But yeah, it was a mashup. It was it like really a visual was. mashup in the same sense that, like, a lot of the music yeah. was a mashup, you know. Think about like carnival sound system stuff yeah, yeah. influencing, exactly. you know, breaks and samples, and then yeah. you end up with like. Yeah, Soul to it's Soul nice. and Wild Bunch and all these things. It yeah. was like they, they had their own sound, didn't they? So I just I remember Matt doing a show in Brighton. It must have been I just opened the gallery, so it was O three. And um it was so different. I I wasn't used to any of the shows things. Anyone opened the gallery. I'd never really been to any shows. But it was just like wasn't what I was expecting, completely different types of work. He painted the wall with some characters and it was just like, oh shit. And it, it was also it was Brighton, so it was a chance to nurture that type of stuff. I didn't see yeah. anything like that in London when yeah, I was growing yeah. up. It was the, the music and the art and then the zines. And, yeah, it just there was this package just blooming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Brighton was great for it, and I'm glad I saw it happen down yeah. there. I stayed traditional, but mainly because of my roots. Sure. Were. I mean, I still... I, although I decided I wanted to do stuff my own way, by early 2000, I'd, I'd sort of... Say regress, but I did get back into painting graph more. Wicked. So, but I had like these two things going alongside each other. Yeah. I was painting sort of graph pieces, but then I was doing like sort of pre street arty sort of stuff and doing illustration and doing music. So, the pre street art and music and so on is that's kind of experimenting, and then the graffiti paintings it might have been just more of like the hobby, yeah, like the yeah, day yeah. off, yeah, 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 yeah. I can go and I chill. still like painting letters, and yeah, exactly. Stuff, yeah. So Becomes like a hobby day. Yeah, I mean, it was like they ran alongside each other for years yeah. until at some point I was just like, I need to pick one or the other. Like, so I, I just sort of stopped painting graph yeah. altogether, you know, a few years ago. And then, um, so you became an illustrator pretty much for service after. Uh, yeah, but again, so that was my thing was like, if I'm going to do illustration, yeah, there was, a, there was a kind of school of thought of certain graph writers that were. They're painting graph, yeah. but then their day job, they're doing some other creative thing, graphic <coughs> design or illustration, yeah. but different style, different name. Yeah. You wouldn't know it was the same person. Yeah. And I felt like I wanted it all to be the same. And bring one whole thing yeah, together. Yeah, bring one whole thing together. So it was a service, but it was like, if you want my style of illustration... I'll do it, but I'm not going to draw yeah. like any random thing for you. For yeah, like there's only so period. much of this service that's available. Yeah, I so that, and but but that's what happened when I started writing Kid Acne because that, that came about '97. 
and that was when I was like, right, this is going to be the banner that I put all this stuff, art, music, illustration, everything. Mm. So yeah, um, finishing uni and you know starting work, becoming a service. Yep. But it's then the kid acne thing. Where did you get that name from? Well, because I wrote Edna. Yeah. When I was four, I had other tags before that. My yeah. first tag was True. Nice. When I was twelve, which my friend gave me. Wicked. And he just robbed it straight off a of solo one crew <laughs> called True to Life. <laughs> and uh, so I wrote that when I was twelve, and I was just like, "This is stupid." Uh, I started writing Edna because it was like my real name, oh, Ed. But yeah. I, again, because I was into Carl and she, I sort of combined. I liked she one because it was feminine. Yeah. And I liked Carl because it was you know just a normal name yeah so i like combine that because that was my sort of like well i'm not going to be a macho graph writer so let's just sort of like embrace the wicked like feminine side yeah, and yeah. Write edna and it, but yeah like when i was school I used to write in the girls toilets and stuff like that so it looked like <laughs> maybe there's a girl writing it <clears throat> so i was like the decoy yeah but i really like the letters so acne was just like a version of that really yeah it was one of that i mean it's not like anything was super on top, but that like young paranoia being yeah. in a small town, you sort of you get up to a point, and as I said, I'd often be getting collared off people down. You yeah. know, we're all super young, but you'd go down the pub still on the early, you know, underage drinking. Yeah, they'd serve anyone. So like you're 15 <laughs> down the pub, getting drunk, and then go out street bombing or whatever and then people were like oh yeah but that belongs to da 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 so you're switching the names constantly, constantly. and acne was just one of many names so it was acne before it was acne yeah. yeah and then i think i added the kid to be like kid panama from oh yeah uh, subway art yeah i just liked and then obviously around that time there was like kid koala and a few others yeah. but i was i liked the sort of <clears throat> the idea that you had this like heritage of New York graph, but the acne was just spotty teenager, yeah. self-deprecating British. You know, it felt like it was two worlds there. Being but Edna was still happening. Yeah, and I was, um, you know, still now people call me Edna, yeah. and that was my, that was like my main. That was name. the most prominent name. Yeah, but and kid acne was just like a bit of an aside for yeah. maybe illustration work or something. But then it, it just ended up being the one that mm. stuck. And then you were saying like about work. Offering this style and then only working in that style, did you find it hard? No, because I was like... I, I'd grown up, you know, broke with no money, I'm sure. You're right. used to that story. So yeah. I was like, I, I just wanted... I was, it was more about I want to have my own style and I just want to do it my way with no compromise. I was yeah. like, I didn't... I turned down... I mean, I turned down designing Happy Meals and shit like that right. for people. You know, there was. it wasn't like you can offer me the money and I'll do it. Yeah. It was like, I, I did have sort of principles. I was happy to work for brands and yeah. big companies, but it's like, if I get to do it my way, yeah. you know what I mean? So that Brilliant. was that. Brilliant. But because I'd already done like all these flyers and um, gig posters and yeah. stuff, then I got into designing record sleeves. And you had a portfolio as well. And I had then. a portfolio, because so that was the other thing. There was thing depth I'd of it, wasn't there? Yeah, so like at Blueprint Gallery, like Birmingham, they all had portfolios, all of Iconoclast, all those dudes, all the people, like Lumit and everyone, they they all those, you know... Yeah, the zip-bound. The zip-bound, yeah. yeah, so you'd, you'd rack them from the art shop, <laughs> make a portfolio. I said my dad was into photography, he'd help me put it together on the weekends, you know, so I like... 
I was good to go, even though I didn't know what a portfolio yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. I had one when I was yeah. 15, well, you know, it, with my pieces. It's, and, well, that's and it, it's black know. books. You yeah. know what I mean? We start with them, don't we? Yeah, Before yeah. we even know what they are, they're, they're portfolios, but, yeah. are, are sketchbooks and I so on. It's like A4 zip bound thing that Richard. I just, I'd always have it with me. And then, yeah, the record sleeve thing started happening yeah. early 2000s. So off the back of, I'd done Warp already, uh -huh. um, then Big Dada started. Yeah. So a friend of mine's a graphic designer, he was in Sheffield, he um, works for The Wire now, Ben okay. Weaver. And he, he ended up designing a lot of stuff for Big Dada. So he did the Roots Maneuver, Run Come Save Me and all this Richard. stuff. Richard, lovely cover. And then... I mean, he did tons. He did the whole lot after, Wicked. I think it's Will Blackhead. Uh -huh. He took over from him. And there was the TTC, the Parisian guys, and he was like, we want some illustration thing. They're sort of like a, you know, modern version of like the far side or something. Sick. And um, they didn't really have any money, but I got Will Ashton to pay for me to go to Paris to meet them. So I was like, yeah, I need, I need some inspiration. I can't just <laughs> draw a picture. Yeah. And he agreed. So I Brilliant. got... Uh, to Paris, met those guys, stayed with them or whatever. But through them, I met Acro. Um, wow. And I remember him. He came to Camden Pitch in okay. 96. Yeah, yeah. So I met him. He's sick. RCF. And they were super into, like, forward thinking. Because, like I said, I'd started painting graph again in mm -hmm. a more traditional sense. And they were like, it's done. We're yeah. into, like, they were just into, like, super innovative yeah. stuff. And... Then he hooked me up with a show in Paris in this small Sick. shop when I was doing all the pizza box illustrations oh, yeah. and stuff. Because I didn't have a big studio, yeah. so I was like, oh, I need to do small stuff. So I did these like pizza box drawings. I could pack them yeah, in easily. a suitcase, take it with me, put a show together. But it'll, you know, I could break it down and yeah, yeah, carry yeah. it under my arm. So I did like thousands of pizza boxes Amazing. in the early 2000s. Through him, I reconnected back with RCF, who I'd met in Birmingham in uh -huh. the 90s. And then just ended up like meeting all these Parisian dudes. He still that, paints, doesn't he? RCF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And fake and those guys. Wow. Yeah. So I'd yeah, just, then I'd hang out with these dudes in Paris, and I was going there quite a bit. Amazing. Um, <clears throat> I love the Paris scene. And then yeah, I mean it was my favorite. But even like the like uh, explicit graphics, I got yeah. them. I got issue one of that. Amazing. You know when I was yeah. young, super 16, young, seventeen maybe, no, that, like younger, thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it would have come out in 93, wouldn't it? 94. Yeah. Yeah. So all that, like, number six. I love six Parisian and, graph. You know, all that shit I yeah. was so into. So that was cool. And then, like, Stormy, by that point, was in Australia, but he hooked me up in a group show in Perth at the Institute of Contemporary Art with, wow. like, um, oh, man, like, Revoke and, you know, all those kind of dudes. And, um, so the early start of that whole movement. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was in it. And um, and then obviously I painted in Bristol, 98, that Walls on Fire thing that Banksy organised. Yeah. So then I started getting invited to Santa's Ghetto every year and all that. But I, I, I never ended up doing them. I just, I was too busy with other shit. Yeah. And the early pictures on walls I was asked to do. It took me like five years to get around to making a print with them. <laughs> it was just so much stuff was going on at, at what, and I couldn't, I couldn't um, sort of decide what was a good thing, what was a bad thing. And it, it was only like after the fact. And finders keepers, you know, all yeah. that shit. I never did them either. But <laughs> like, I mean, it, but yeah. you're, 
it's weird though because it's not as if you really needed to because at the same time you're, you're building your name you're doing work thing, it's not yeah. as if you were sat there doing fuck all yeah, and yeah. not being involved you were like oh, I'm actually doing this or I'm doing this but behind the scenes I'd be around yeah. you know like I'd I was linking with them people and maybe hanging out yeah but maybe my work wasn't in that show but it was in another one instead yeah. and whatever and that, yeah that sort of saw me through to like mid 2000 early 2000 did you was at that point you you're producing work under commission for brands etc but then you're you're pushing yourself as an artist as well when you're constantly trying to paint on I'm trying things. to I'm trying to just like Go beyond. So I stop. I signed on the dole for eighteen months yeah. after I graduated because it was like, right, I need a just yeah. a little cushion. You do. But as soon as I was able to stand on my own two feet, I signed off the dole. Mm -hmm. I mean, other friends was they would just stay would have stayed on it. But There's a way like, to play it as well. Yeah, yeah, but I was like, you know what? I just kind of want to do it. Cool. Officially. So then I became self-employed, and then it was just like, just making enough to like. Pretty much living like a yeah. dull lifestyle, but I was yeah. earning the money myself. It's just like don't end up back in a factory and yeah. don't end up back at your mum's house. And that yeah. was it. You know, just was keep just, finding work. Just keep finding work. But at that time, you know, I only really needed to design, say, like one flyer a month and a t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. and I could live off that because yeah. I didn't need much money. Yeah. So yeah. I did that for a you nice know, long years. time. But it, it gives you a chance as well. And again, by living up there, keeping the cheap rent, all that type of shit, it yeah. enables you to just keep producing yeah. and work. And then just paint all the time in the ball court. Exactly, yeah. Because yeah. you, you get to be in that position. Whereas if you would have come down to London and try and chase that money, you would have just been working. Probably yeah, getting a job, job, to be honest. I did actually, I mean, it was only a few years ago, but I, I worked at um, RCA as a oh, did you? print technician. And oh, I, wow. So I tried it yeah. later on, because I always wanted to do an MA in printmaking. Uh -huh. never did. And uh, me and my girlfriend were planning to move to London. She had a job lined up. Right. I was like, well, you need to get a job as well because it's going to be more expensive. Like, okay, found this job for me. I got it. But then her job fell through. But oh. I was like, okay, that's not going to work out. But I still did it for a year. Just came down for like three days a week and wow. did that. Just to learn more about printmaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Get behind it, man. But it, was, it proved that it, it wasn't really viable to do that kind mm. of thing so in some ways i think it worked out well yeah. that i just stayed putting chef and you know I was, and i was going to paris or new york or wherever yeah, yeah, and yeah. i could afford to travel yeah barcelona that was the other thing like early 2000s we were just going to barcelona like twice a year paint because you could paint anything there yeah paint anything you want and it was never going to be on top you just like but then that then the street art thing was happening and it was just like We'd paint around the Macboro, like, and then you'd start seeing all the usual suspects, like, just in the tourist spots for, like, yeah. photo opportunities. We're like, oh, fuck that. You know, we need to go out of town and yeah. paint some We need some more clean walls. Stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And that was sort of my logic of being in Sheffield as well, in a way. I was like, I just like painting out-of-the-way spots, abandoned yeah. places. I, I sort of stopped painting Halls of Fame. It and kind just, of... Like, it pushes longevity as well, though. Pushes longevity. Things tend to stay like history's placed, whereas city painting the turnovers and someone like Barcelona as well. The turnovers ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Do a piece and it's gone the next yeah, day. Yeah, it's a running in game. In them spots, but if you went out of town, yeah, of course. There for years, yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's what we do. Amazing man. And then so over the years you've been making music and like is that? I mean, how serious is that? Or is it still a hobby as such? It should you just be a hobby. Got... Um, 
so I was saying that I got these early offers of record deals yeah. before my first album actually and didn't take any of them. Yeah. I, I wanted to make the records myself with my brother and my mates. So we, did, we made all these records ourselves under Invisible Spies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the deals I was offered was through Lex and at that time they were part of Warp and they were in Sheffield. Yeah. I was like, I want to make this album, I'll give you the next one. Not realising that was going to be like a few years down the line because right. by that point the working relationship with Wreck had changed quite a bit. Other people were after him for beats. Yeah. So I was sort of part of a number of MCs who wanted his who were working with production. Yeah, whereas yeah. like a few years before, it was just you. He was too. only making stuff for me. Yeah. Uh, he'd obviously got a young family at that time. You know, it's just the yeah. dynamic had changed, Things and changed. I became busier. Mm. So it was really hard for me to justify going Brighton for the weekend just to put down a vocal mm. or something. So anyway, it took a long time finally made the album for Lex. By that time, they'd done a joint venture deal with EMI. So then I got signed to EMI in 2007. Mm. Yeah, so I did this album for them and went on tour and everything. But it was just, it was like pulling teeth. The whole process was difficult. We had to strip all the samples out of the album because um, problems and then... Clearing and so Yeah, so we ended up making the album like two or three times and it was like super contrived. Oh by the end of it, <clears throat> we've both lost interest in the whole thing. Yeah. And I said the street art thing was totally popping off by that point, and I was missing so many like exhibitions, group shows, Could opportunities. You're tied up to this thing. Because I'm, you know, driving around the country in a van playing gigs and <laughs> you know to like fifty people or yeah. something. So I was like, after that ran its course, we're like, if we get to play Sonar Festival or something like that. Cool, we're done. We yeah. played Sonar Festival and we're like, well that that's, that's all it. we wanted. We got a good, you know, we got a good booking agent. We did like maybe 150 shows, supported wow. loads of amazing people, played good venues, did some good festivals, and like, right, let's just knock it on the head for a bit. And then I just got back into art. So like two that was 2008, 2009 I did my first solo show mm. at Stella Door. And, I remember that. And then just like picked up pieces of things that, are, like I say, like pictures on walls and all these things that have been laying dormant for mm. years. Kid Robot, who wanted to do toys with me and all these things. I, I finally had time to do it. And so, yeah, the last 10 years, I just focused on my Did art. Did you, really. <clears throat> I mean, that music experience, though, you, you weren't put off by it. Oh, yeah, I was put off by you it You were completely. put off? Yeah, I hated it. I'm out. Yeah, I was out. Wow. Done. Because I felt like that two years of my life that you invest in half an hour's worth of music mm. that is arguably not that great. <laughs> anyway, mm. the amount of art you can make in two years is just it's unquantifiable. Yeah. And I suppose... <clears throat> and I'm autonomous with art. The other thing as well, yeah, being autonomous, but it's, you know, if you hadn't had all those constrictions put on you as well whilst making it and the amends and the changes and the this and that yeah, and the yeah. third, that kind of takes just took the all love the fun out of it. Out of it. Yeah, yeah. Because, yeah, like, at the same time, I've got, say, like, Kid Robot in New York wanted to make toys with me from, like, 2003. Jesus. And yeah. it's not happening until 2009, yeah. by which point that whole vinyl thing's Starts popped. to change and done, yeah. Like, so you're just like, oh, well, that's a shame. That yeah. could have been a good thing. And, and so you, it was, that's it, you were going to take advantage, you are going to go full artist. I was and... just like, yeah, I want to be an artist again. I'm autonomous. I don't need to rely on a producer or a record label yeah. or whatever. 
And if I make records, I'll just do it on my own terms and put it out myself. So a few years later, me and my mate, Ben, resurrected the Mongols thing, which mm. was the first record I made when we were teenagers. And just like, let's just make Mongols hip hop. Boom. Just put the records out, screen printing all the covers myself. Lovely. That was cool. But then inevitably it led to like, oh, maybe I should do it properly again. <laughs> so then I hooked up with um, this producer in Chicago two years ago, Spectacular mm -hmm. Diagnostics. And we made this album that's just come out now. And now we're halfway through the next one and, you know, it's collaborative EPs and all this so sort you, of shit. But you, did get a, you did get nearly 10 years then of yeah. pure art. Yeah. And then the music called you back. Yeah, yeah. So I want to make music, but I just need to be careful it doesn't take over. That's yeah. the problem. It took over. And I couldn't I couldn't do the, the other stuff. That well, it I sounds like, you know, this whole journey is, is it's about... It, it's not really about the final product, is it? It's not about a paint on the wall or a canvas or a zine or a bit of music. It's about Kid Acne's art. It's just all the same thing. Yeah, yeah. so you can't let music take two years solid out of you. No. It, it can take <clears throat> a few months and then another yeah, few yeah. months and another few months and then exactly. in between. Yeah, you spend six months on it, fine. But it, it's, it's, it's like true artist stuff. It's like, you know, it isn't about... It's you. It isn't about the yeah, final yeah. piece. It's about your... Well, what got me back into doing music again was like all these rappers were dying, you know, like mm. Guru, MCA, Ramal Z died. And I was just like, I really don't want my last record to be <clears throat> something I wasn't happy with yeah. in 2007. So I was like, I need to make some music again, just to at least like, I know I can't erase it, but just have some other examples out there. So that, that kind of got me back into it. What, what taught you that thought process, though, to think... Um, I want to do a, a better final piece. Like what? Because you obviously you do that with your artwork as well. You like you'll rest for a while, you'll disappear for a bit, and then all of a sudden there's this whole new wave and a new, a new push. Where is that? What is that? What do you know? Have you thought about I think that? It's probably. I think it's a lot more graph mentality and yeah. building. Yeah. You know, then I give myself credit for. Yeah. yeah. Like although I, you're right. I've actively good. took myself out of the graph scene and I, I wouldn't consider myself a graph writer yeah. these days but you do learn so much out of so doing much. it I know you've talked about this a lot on here but yeah. and compared to artists I mean god art students man they yeah. were like so lazy yeah I'd be in the studio every day painting something and there'd be like some other student would come and go oh we've been given an assignment like, no <laughs> you paint. paint yeah and they're like oh thank god <laughs> And then they just fuck off, you know, down the pub or whatever. I was just like, I've got three years yeah. rent free on a studio with all these resources and like technicians and everything. I'm just going to make as much work right. as I it's, can possibly make. And that's, it's the graph thing, isn't it? It's that hip hop, it's that graph, it's that uh, you've got to take advantage of what you've got, you're going to use it the same yeah, way we yeah. did with racked paint and fucking concrete walls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you're a teenager, I was like, so I rack out Hip Hop Connection every month, yeah. like maybe get inspired by some new yeah. piece I was seeing, figure out where to get the paint from. You're getting bust to this place, that place, yeah. rack up all the paint you need to get, and by the weekend you've got enough to do yeah. a piece. The effort and, we put in. You know, and yeah. then take your photos and exactly. everything else. Yeah. And having people like Boyd, who were just so on it, you know, that he's got, you know, he instilled that work ethic in me. Brilliant. Then there's like Rick, who's like super experimental, and Not he's scared. just like anything goes. Yeah. So that was cool. And then I have my dad, who, although, 
you know, he had a lot of problems. He he was also like, yeah, just do what you want. You Brilliant. know, not a lot of people have parents yeah. like that. My mum always supported me, and she yeah. she still does, and she's very kind of encouraging. But the fact that my dad was a bit eccentric and wayward, he, you know, he was helping me make my first fanzines yeah. and like taught me how to paginate pages, taught me how to staple it, taught me you know, to put the board around so it didn't get missed off on the photocopier and all this shit. And he'd teach me how to make, like, joiners, you Brilliant. know, pieces and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I had all those things even without art college. Yeah. But art college just gave me the time to, like, process it yeah. all. And... It's, a, it's, it's nuts, man. If, you know, if only half of these writers could go off and experience that, you know what I mean, if more people could. Because... We have we come we learn so much energy and it kind of in in real life it's kind of misplaced energy you know what I mean if we don't mm. put it into the right place after those really exciting teenage years it just goes to waste yeah a, I would say though there's like a very high percentage of graph writers becoming good artists oh mate yeah you know and I'm, I'm, I've been in the business nearly twenty years I've seen it like and I'm not putting down writers as such it's just you know. It's about being happy. It's about happiness, man. But that was the... We'd have these talks about... So, again, the first records we're putting out, you start getting reviews back, get shit reviews off people, and you're like, yeah, but you're probably a frustrated musician. There's a music journalist. This music's going to outlive your magazine. You know, all those magazines folded. No one cares about those reviews. So it's just like, how do you gauge success? It's like, it doesn't matter about the reviews. It doesn't matter... You're going to spend the money no matter what. yeah. So it's about being happy, and that's what the success is, and yeah. that—that's what I thought well, from an early age. It's like I want to do this, but I have to do it on my terms to be happy. Yeah. And I've—I have kind of been taking on sort of detours and well, yeah, and this and that human. over the years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've learned from experience, like Wicked. that type of do, way of doing it does not suit well, me at all. Me, yeah. And it, like I've been miserable for you know years yeah. trying to figure certain things out. And then there's other times when I've been really happy doing it. So yeah. like now I've got to the age I'm at, it was like, so which way are you going to do it? How do you how do you talk about talk about age? How do you feel about age? Like I've just turned forty. I turned forty last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready, man. I love I'm, it. I'm I'm really happy and excited. Yeah. Well, I do have. I think I've and I've always been happy to grow older. I've always liked to like make my story longer. But being this age and painting, I still paint graffiti as a hobby. Or, or you know, draw a letter, and I'm just like, wow, I'm still here. And I know we've got there's people older than us in the yeah, scene. Yeah. We watched that happen when we first started writing. There was 28, 29 year olds or whatever yeah, still yeah, painting. Yeah. But I do like, I'm so glad I haven't turned my back on it. And it is at the level. It's it maybe only minuscule. I painted six pieces last year. Maybe it's minuscule in my life now. But I think us having that knowledge, you're right. That's where it's come from. And the question I asked of you is like, where do you get from? It is. It's graffiti. It's the the, yeah. the culture makes you push for more. It is because... And there was no money in it. We, yeah, yeah. Those early years, when you paint and you paint for no money, you can be 40 and paint for yeah, no yeah. money or not have to think about, you know... The you, biggest backlash I've had is off actual artists, to be honest. Like, yeah. the, the murals that I painted in Sheffield, it's like... I painted one. The most controversial one I did was on this side of these art studios, yeah. which I painted before the studios was even built. It right. was like... it was. I was like, that's my wall. I've yeah. been painting that since the 90s. Yeah. But then I had to get access through there, and I, I repainted it a few times. And the last time I did it, it's like all the studio holders were kicking off, like, yeah, but he hasn't even got a studio here. Why does he get to paint it? And, like, <laughs> and the people who ran the place, like, 
because he's asked us. Yeah. There's like 200 of you. If any of you wanted to do it, you, you could have asked. You could have asked. Yeah. So I, I did it. You know, kind of they were begrudging it. And they're thinking, yeah, but he's probably getting 20 grand for that. It's like, no, I'm mm. paying for this out of my own pocket. Yeah, I'm not getting but paid But why today. would you do that? Yeah. Because they wouldn't. Exactly. They, yeah. will, they will only make a piece of public art. Yeah. If it goes through like arts council funding, da 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 Ten forms, like, ten months. You and know. I was like, no, we paint this shit. We have been any any time yeah. we want. And yeah. if a wall costs you two hundred quid to go and paint a wall because you want to go and paint so that thing, it. it's so fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it nuts. We do. We come with a different energy, man. We come with a completely different energy. Yeah, I think graph <laughs> and self-employed. Yeah, is, that's the other thing. Because you're not clocking in and clocking out no. nine to five, so yeah. you you will put in those extra hours. Yeah, I but mean. The, the flip side of that is just because you will do it for free doesn't mean you should do it for free. No, and that's, people, really and that's, that's the other thing that you have to learn as well. Has to click like, in, yeah, yeah. You know, I will do X amount of things for free yeah. because it's, I want to make this thing happen. But mm. it's like, if you want me to do that thing, then yeah. that, that's this is got a sliding scale. Yeah, you've got to figure out that, that fine yeah, line. Yeah. But it is very interesting and the energy, yeah, that's what I was, I'm looking at you and I'm hearing the story and I'm thinking, what is it? Oh, fuck yeah, it's that. Of course it is. It's the yeah. graph, it's that. It's that it's bit. graph. It's just I mean, the fact that I I chose to paint a different style of yeah. artwork, you yeah. know. But I was I was into painting. I realised I was into painting murals mm. before that. I mean, it's still probably not a, a cool term, you know what I mean? But mm. even outside of street art, it's yeah. just like no, it's not even you know street art. I don't really like the term, but right. I'll just say okay, I'm a street artist because I can't say I'm a graph writer unless I'm painting graph yeah so, and they would say where's the graph yeah. yeah so but really it's just being an artist mm. and that's it you know the street thing is irrelevant because i think if you're painting in a field it's not yeah yeah not, it's not a street yeah it, it doesn't yeah. matter no yeah. and i think but this is the other thing about the we have to really just look at it as that was the the world we came from like the the, the paintings I've got ideas for this year have got nothing to do with graffiti. They happen to be big and on concrete. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with graffiti. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, where it's led me. And I suppose by doing graffiti, it gives you the bravery of touching concrete and not being scared yeah, of it. Yeah, painting big stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's just, just spray cans at all in that yeah. respect. I mean, Chew said that years ago. It's like, it's like having a you know, carpenter use a hammer, but yeah. you can also, like, Kill someone with it, you yeah. know. So it can and be the a weapon, you know. can also pick up a saw and can pick up a yeah, X yeah. and X and X. We don't have to just use a spray can. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah now it's like I mixed up all the, you know, using bucket paint, roller poles, yeah. and all that. But I'm I'm happy doing it the way I'm doing. So these last ten years, like being out there professionally, then, like, you so you became a teacher for part of it. Yeah, it's all on and off because there was like 2008 or whenever the recession was, it yeah, was like, I okay, need to do some something else on the side. Yeah. So I sort of did that on the side for a bit That's and a nice then just sort of wound right? that down when I could. Yeah. But I also got quite a lot out of the experience. I bet. Um, and then the RCA thing was amazing because mm. I got, you know, like I wanted to do an MA there, could never justify the fees. I was like, if I can at least do a year or a couple of years, I can sort of have my own version of yeah. that. And just learning so much more, much more about screen printing. Because I've, I said, learned to screen print when I was 15, yeah. 16 on an evening course, done it on and off over the years. It was like, the prints I'm making now need to not look like an art student. And you've got it. your own. Yeah, we've got our own now. print bed yeah, in the yeah, basement. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, yeah, I, I wanted to know about different inks and different. You know yeah. techniques and processes and stuff. So painting. I can just like 
make the work of the standard I want to make mm. it. And that's that's it. So yeah, last 10 years it's been, well, a bit more than that. But yeah, 10 years since I, I stopped doing the music mm. properly. And even with the new album, it's like, there won't be any gigs. There's not, there's not all that other stuff that takes up your time. It's just like, just make some music, put it out. Let it make sit. another one yeah. put that out you know that's it and <clears throat> what was your you'd done a show towards the end of last year didn't you yeah what was that show so that was um it's called have a word and that was, that, was the, that was tying in the same title as the album yeah. so i felt that if i was going to do music again it should be linked to my artwork more because in the past they weren't really that connected. They mm -hmm. were different world. On one hand, I'm sort of presenting this kind of persona or character as a rapper. And then mm -hmm. on the other hand, I'm doing like illustration jobs for Prada. And, you know, yeah. just like they didn't. Yeah, the two weren't. No, they weren't complementary yeah. at all. Um, so this time I was like, right, I'll make artwork to connect to the album. So I, I transcribed all the lyrics mm -hmm. and pulled out phrases and stuff and painted the slogans. So it was like connecting the lyrics and the typography together as a way of... And these are paintings all around Sheffield? I painted them mainly around Park Hill, which is like a big estate. So it's like, if you imagine having Trellick to yeah. yourself... Amazing. Um, ...plus a few extra walls, it was just like this big, this big brutalist housing estate that's under mm. development. So I got access to that and just allowed to paint as Sick. many walls as I wanted. And the show and then, go all right? Yeah, the show was good. Then I hired out, there's the old garage block that's been converted into a gallery. So mm -hmm. I hired that out for a month, put on the show. But it was one, it was super DIY, even yeah, though it's like looked full on. It, yeah. You know, I hung the work myself and yeah, brilliant. everything. But brilliant. yeah, it was, it was cool. And it's the first time I'd hired out a gallery because um, normally it's like a commercial gallery and they take their 50%. Yeah. But this time I hired it out, paid the front house staff and yeah. da, 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 da. So it was a commitment, but it worked out well. I can't wait to put on another show, man. I can't wait to print again as well. Printing's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I love I mean, print. screen printing. It's just yeah. And now, that was the missing link between my illustration and the street art. I realised. So what? Yeah, it's probably about ten years ago. I really started doing the wheat pace. Yeah. Full on because I'm doing illustration kind of inspired by like Quentin Blake and the watercolory sort of stuff. Then I'm painting these characters in a sort of graph way, but not. Mm. But screen printing those characters and pasting them up meant I could do the watercolor, but it's still got the thick, chunky outline, and that again just felt like, oh, this that is more wicked, me. This that is more was a natural. wicked crossover, man. Yeah, that really did complement your work and bring. And it's just newsprint, you know. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. you get it in the print studio. Yeah. no one else wants it, and that was because I got offered a show in Brazil with Tristan Eaton. Oh yeah, he's like, do you want to come to Brazil? I was like, yeah, man. The fuck yeah. <laughs> he paid for me to go there. And we were going to do a, a little show. I was like, right, I need to take it with me. So I like, I literally just made enough pieces that would fit in my suitcase. Weighed, weighed it, so yeah. it was maximum weight. Screen printed a load of those characters, made extras to put in the street. And then when I came back from Brazil, I just had loads of them. So then I started doing them everywhere. And then I did like 100 in each city. I did Sick. like, I don't know, half a dozen European cities. Yeah. And then made a fanzine and then that... It was that the start the of the Siggy Girl show. as well? The Stabby Girl. Stabby Girl. Stabby Women, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stabby Women. Yeah, that so that, I'd sort of been doing early versions of them 2003, painting mm -hmm. them on abandoned houses and estates Yeah, I've seen stuff. some paintings. Um, but yeah, it was like 2008, 2009. Mm. 
they start being more like wheat paste and you're a wicked man. Yeah, so that and they're still going now. Yeah, still yeah. doing them, but I was trying to trying to push the slogans and the typographic stuff at the minute. Yeah. Just because that had laid dormant for a while. So it just it, it kind of all goes on rotation. Yeah. I'll I'll run with the text for a bit. That'll probably run its course. Wicked then I'll pick man. up the characters. Then I'll you know, it's just going round and round. I'm really envious in a really nice positive way of the freedom you've got and that you've built yourself like that you you've built this package that you can just dip into and put make music out of it you can make art out of it you can make prints you can make wall paintings you've got this you've built this like world yeah it's, li just, it's liberating it really but it's, it's it, um man. i don't know at times it's so you know it's daunting as well oh, of course but it's one of them it's like well then at yeah, some points i bet without saying the talk you're like fuck this is what i've got to sell like it, man there's times it's it, like yeah, i bet it's tough yeah 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 <laughs> i mean we, we live that life yeah yeah we choose but it and we live it i it's what i know now you can't have it any other way yeah know. and he, like i say aside from doing the bits of like teaching at uni yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. it's like even that i was like i just can't do it i, it, I have to do i've got to make yeah. art my but own even own those own. choices that you made it was still kind of within the realm and also to help aid and abet the things yeah, you yeah. wanted to do well i think which was a really practicing lucky. artist being a part-time lecturer is tried and tested you yeah know, people have done that for exactly years and years and years exactly. so that is quite a complementary role yeah it just felt i was maybe doing it 10 or 15 years too early right it was like I, that's cool, and I've got that, but maybe I should just put that to one side yeah. until the future, until I really yeah. need it. But if I'm doing print workshops with students, teaching them how to do their first ever screen print, yeah. really, I should be just pulling my own screen prints and making a new edition, because yeah. I can arguably earn more money and doing my honest, own thing. And, but it, even though, just get more out of it. There's life progress in that as well. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's great to teach and it's great to help and assist, but at the same time, we do need to progress ourselves. And if, I mean, that's the same for me in this business. Like I've been doing this agency, I did that gallery for eight years, I've been doing the agency for 10, and it's only in this last year that I've been painting again. It's yeah, just yeah. Like, it takes up so much time. Yeah, and you can't let it, like you can't. Yeah, yeah. You, you've, got, you've got to find that happy medium. And, well, know. my work was going stagnant. I was <coughs> making one colour print. There you go. Yeah. For like fifty quid, I was like, but because on the side, working. I'm yeah. printing eight layer prints for other artists, doing yeah. whole exhibitions for them. Yeah. So I learned to screen print. I was like, why am I making all these prints for these other dudes? Like, yeah. I, I should be making yeah. multi layer prints for myself. I've got drawers full of all the shit yeah, I've been yeah. printing for people. <laughs> that it's good. Yeah, yeah I learn a lot from it, off, and yeah. it, it, it's great. But yeah, so all this is going back to what you're saying about turning 40. I yeah. think like when I was in my late 30s, I kind of had it in mind. I was like, by the time you're 40, you need to get some of these things in place. Yeah. So when I turned 40, it was like, yep, you need to get back on this stuff. It's and a, some of it was even shit I was doing in my yeah. late teens, early really 20s. It's a weird age, I think, yeah. man. Like, I haven't really thought about it once. And I said, I'm not scared of age. I don't care about getting older. But I... You do kind of, and I think because we've both been working so hard all this time, I know neither of us are rich, but you, you're like, oh, hang on, maybe there's a bit more option here now. Maybe there's yeah, a bit yeah. more freedom and shackles are a bit less chained up. And I mean, my son's 19 now. That was the reason I started my business. Yeah, Josh, yeah, and he's yeah. 19. He's out there doing his own thing. Like. Yeah. So yeah, you just, yeah, direction changes, I suppose, doesn't it? I think when you're 40, you're young enough to do all this shit. You and don't realise that yeah. you're actually still pretty young. And I think that's another realisation, actually. You're still young. Yeah. And I think we think of 40 
we, you know, when we're 30, you think of 40 as, fuck me, 10 years away, and what will I be doing? And you're like, oh, I'm not still doing the same thing, but I am, and it's yeah, great, yeah. and I'm still young at heart with it. And yeah, exactly. In some ways, I'm doing exactly the same as what I was doing when I was 15. Which is perfect. But yeah. there's wisdom yeah. and Without it sounding childish, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Wisdom, that's the word. Yeah. Wisdom and knowledge comes with it now. Yeah, and yeah. that's... So now it's just... Well, it's sort of like refining all that stuff, yeah. basically, and making work that I'm... I'm happy with and I'm, I'm not just like to meet a deadline or, yeah. be, you know, getting pulled in different directions by different people. It's yeah. like, no, I need to make my stuff first and foremost and that's it. So in some ways I feel like I'm I'm right at the beginning. Yeah, again. Again, yeah. But with tools. With tools, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And um, so have you got anything planned for this year? Yeah, I've got shows lined up, but um, just taking it, steady to be honest because nice. i did that big show last year yeah. and and that was october well it, it happened september? in september yeah. but just the preparation it was basically a year yeah, in the preparation and six months full on actually making the work and coordinating it all and it was, was a year like, basically a whole yeah. year of just that so i was like i'm not going to do that again this year yeah. i'll do like a few smaller shows but more just yeah making work at a steady pace and good and the same with the music, like halfway through the next album, got a bunch of other stuff that might be like EPs or Firm. random things or whatever, but just uh, make bits and bobs. But then next year, I realised that's like 25th anniversary of Kid Acne. So next year, I should probably do some big Brilliant. project, whether yeah. it's a book or exhibition or something. But that's like my 25th anniversary next year. Wicked. So. I need to be thinking about that. Yeah, that's really. a big one, man. So I've not really made a proper book before. God, a so. retrospective of the 25 years yeah, of Kid Yeah, I think that's would be that fucking would be the amazing. Thing yeah. in, in whatever format. But yeah, that is... Yeah. Fuck me, man. Quarter of a century. There's a lot of stuff. That is a lot. And it's not... Yeah, you produced a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's of different things. As I said, this this thing you've built and you, you've built a place in these different... Yeah, so that... Just thinking about that. Sick. Well, listen, man, I loved that. All good? Yeah, yeah. That was perfect. perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. No Very inspiring. No, thanks for having me. And man. I love it. Like, I didn't, I knew you were older than me, but I didn't know you were, I didn't know we were so close in age. And just sitting with you this time and getting that, I'm just like, fuck, there was loads of resonation there. And actually, that year you've got above me has helped me a lot just chatting now. Okay, so, cool. Yeah, that was really nice for me personally. Yeah. So, yeah, okay. thank you. Oh, thank you, man. Wicked, bro. Well, we did it again. Another dope story for us to resonate with, be nosy about, enjoy, and, well, let's be real, be grateful that these people come over and are so open and honest. I know you lot are appreciative, I am. Kid Acne's story's great, I loved it. And the bit I most respected and inspired by was by him, like, really finding style, like, looking for style. But the best bit that came out of it, that he, he learnt his truth, and then he learnt how to work with it. It's fully him. He learnt how to work with it, mould it, and, you know, see where it fits, and luckily, it fits in a lot of places. And, you know, even when you listen to his music, I don't know, I, I kind of see his characters and letter structure in his music. He's, um, yeah, he's been really consistent. I love it. I love that comfort. And, you know, what? I only realised that in the interview, actually. He's found something that's visual and a sonic way of representing him and his story. What's there not to love? He's even recently done a body wash. Top to toe, it's called. Dope. Anyway... Really looking forward to seeing what he gets up to next year with his 25th year of Kid Acne. Exciting times. And, we, and also, you know, Martha and Henry's book, Subway Art. 
again, makes an appearance. Blimey, that book's done some work. Anyway, remember, love your city and love your culture. I'll be back soon. This is F24.